0: This is episode five of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. Today, my guest is Patrick Bowe, Vice President of APCO Peerless Sprinkler in New York. Today, we discuss the Notre Dame fire. We discuss water mist. Patrick and APCO Peerless was heavily involved in St. Patrick's Cathedral Automatic Suppression and Protection System. I had worked on the project initially back in the day and I believe Apco Peerless went on to actually do the uh, install there. So we discussed Water Mist, we discussed the Notre Dame fire and you know just historical landmarks in general. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. I know it's a very touchy topic over the last week or so, but hope you enjoy and be sure to subscribe. Thanks Pat for coming on. Um lot to, lot to discuss, you know, uh, I've known you for uh, how many years have I known you? 12 or 13, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. I think you were with, uh, JB and B or AKF, one of those. Yeah. When we yeah, first, when met. first met. But, um, I know you've got your own, your own thing with Apco Peerless now, and, uh, that's obviously going really well. We'll get into that toward the end, but, um. Yeah, I wanted to to chat about with you about the the fire from from last week, the Notre Dame fire over in over in Paris, France. Sure. Quite the uh quite a tragedy. Everybody's, you know, it's on the any big fires on the top of every, any news feed, obviously, and that one being very historic. So, um you know anything, you know anything about it? I mean, obviously there's a lot of articles about the fire yes. and how it started and all that.
1: So, um I've been you know, kind of keeping uh, keeping my eye on on uh, media outlets and stuff uh, regarding the fire. Um, it sounds like uh, the the fire was electric uh, was electrically based. Um, you know, my my first suspicion about it was that it was uh, had to do with the renovation work, and I think it may have had something to do with the renovation work they were yeah. doing there. Um, but it's really. Uh, you know, it's really a tragedy. I, you know, uh, you see so many of these fires. There was actually a fire in a uh, synagogue in Brooklyn the day after. Oh, really? Um, the day after the Notre Dame fire, or maybe two days after, that got you know uh, very little press, uh, except in some New York uh, media outlets. Um, but it, you know, it it continues to reinforce this this idea that um, these historical structures that uh, we have and you know, Notre Dame. <clears throat> Notre Dame is over 800 years old. Right. Uh, that you know, we're, we're still not really um, protecting them the way that uh, that really they should be protected. Um, you know it's a priceless it's a priceless building there's priceless artifacts in there and um, you know the fact that that building made it through uh, the French Revolution oh, and, yeah. uh, World War I and World War 1 and World War 2 without crazy. getting any damage um, right. is really unbelievable and then there's this small renovation or what I would consider small i think it was a 6 or 7 million dollar renovation um, and it and it destroyed you know the majority of of the church and it's really Like I said, it's, uh, you know, uh, it reinforces this idea that, you know, I think there should be some, obviously, some more thought put into uh, the replaceability of these places. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously, a a building that that kind of occupancy now, you know, in the IBC would never be able to be built without uh, some sort of automatic fire protection. So it's uh, it's an interesting topic that comes really only comes around when when something bad tragedy happens. yeah but it yeah. um it should be you know something that's a little bit more top of mind in my in my opinion
0: yeah and this is you know us talking about this this will just get the message out there hopefully a little more and you know there was a obviously a bunch of issues with with the uh, what happened over there and it, it just came and snowballed into one but um i hear they even have yeah you know, obviously it was they called it the forest there was a lot of old timber 800 years old that dried out over 800 years so it's so it's uh it's very flammable and very combustible um but i guess i read something the other day in the new york times about um that the the wood was so dry after the firefighters and i guess they had some pretty cool firefighting equipment they even had this robot that came in and called Colos- did see colossus yeah. or something which is pretty cool i mean At least there's a little positive about that and showing some some light on the firefighting side. But they put so much water into that forest area where all the wood was that it soaked up all that water. And now they're having structural issues. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I think over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear about, um, you know, Studies being done structurally in that building, you know, there. Uh, I also read something kind of early on that they were concerned about the stone after it got heated up that it would have lost, um, you know, some of its strength. So you're going to be hearing about this kind of stuff, I would say, probably for the next six months. And then, um, you know, just finding material to, to rebuild this uh, this church is going to be tough, you know. yeah. It, I, they can you know find construction material to do it, but um, I read an article saying that uh, the trees that were uh, were used to build that portion of the church they're not even available in France anymore. Wow, um, Wow. so yes. you know then we're talking about you know putting structural steel in or something like that where um, you know now it's now it's not the church that it used to be. So yeah. I, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of debate about how it gets rebuilt. Um, you know, I know a lot of money has come in to rebuild it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about some of this stuff 10 years from now, because I think it's going to take a very long a time for people to make decisions and then to actually physically do the, uh, the reconstruction.
0: Yeah. It's going to be tough. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, a lot of money involved obviously, but, um, uh, yeah. So I'm, you know, I, I had, for listeners not out there, uh, Pat, Pat and I go a long way back, but I, I know, and we kind of worked on a, a similar project back, uh, I don't know, I don't know, five, 10 years ago at this point, but, um, you know, uh, uh, at Patrick's company, Apco Peerless, uh, they work on a lot of different things out there, um, a lot in the special hazard realm, which, which kind of, kind of brings up the topic of, of this historical fire, um. They, uh, they did the renovation for St. Patrick's cathedral. Um, and there's been a lot of other cathedrals around the U S uh, Oliver fire, Oliver fire did one, uh, the, the Philadelphia congressional, um, cathedral they just did a big, I don't know if you saw that Pat. They did. A, yeah, um, I did see that. It was pretty cool. They did the actual, um, discharge test. Yeah. I reached out to the guys at Oliver and they sent me some stuff on the, the discharge test, um, just to just to kind of promote it's a it's a big week obviously it's a big holy week so hey let's uh let's put this out there that you know we're protected and
1: um I don't I don't know when that retrofit happened but um yeah I'm not sure I would assume probably within the last 5 or 10 years would be my guess yeah
0: but I know obviously St. Patrick's is obviously a big name biggest definitely in the US um church and cathedral wise so um, was it, was it fun working on that project? I know you guys are,
1: it, it was pretty interesting. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, system that was installed there, uh, it, it's performance based. So it's, it's a one of a kind system. Um, you know, we had to get through some regulatory hurdles with the fire department, um, and, uh, you know, kind of get some, uh, the constructability of it was was difficult, but it was it was an interesting project to be a part of, um, and uh, the um, the diocese was was trying to think of you know some some good ways of providing automatic fire protection in that uh, in that space, and I think they came to something that everybody could kind of deal with um, as far as. You know it was minimally invasive um, but would still uh, provide you know a relatively high uh, degree of, of protection in some spaces that uh, if there was a fire in there it would be a real issue right right I yeah I remember working on that
0: um, an engineer that initially uh, uh, worked on that project reached out to me when I was at Tyco at the time act asking about you know kind of like a, a pre-action system with attic sprinklers and Obviously, you know it didn't go out that way. You guys, you guys did something else, but that would have been a lot of water, which could have been an issue, and probably the diocese didn't want want that much water with the regular sprinkler system. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, uh, one of the things that um, people don't really realize is that the ceiling in uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral is actually not made of stone. Um, oh. One of the cost cutting. Uh, things that they did when they built the cathedral in the 1800s was change that ceiling from stone to wire lath and plaster. Oh wow! So, um, you know, that was a concern when the system was being designed, because if you get wire lath and plaster really wet, it's just going to fall apart. Right, right.
0: So sprinklers um, are definitely not an option at that point.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of talk about you know, some different options about what would make the most sense. You know, for the the structure and the space that they were looking to protect and that kind of stuff.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I know uh, there there is a missed system in there. Obviously, you know, every, you know, it, it's it's interesting how the uh, the media uh, says it too. They they don't say they say there's a missed system, but I don't think the the public knows what a what a miss system is. Um, Obviously, you and I do, but I guess explain just generally what a water mist system is and how it how it operates.
1: So there's a, a few different types of water mist systems. Um, you know, what people generally associate with water mist is, uh, you know, high pressure system, which is, you know, operates at a higher pressure than a, a normal sprinkler system. Um, and... Uh, really, the biggest difference between a, a regular sprinkler system and a water mist system is the droplet size. So, uh, in the system that we installed, I think the droplet size was ten times less than a normal droplet um, for a sprinkler system. And really, it you know combats fire in in two ways. One is um, is by uh, oxygen displacement, which really is. Uh, in in most water mist systems, is uh, probably the primary um, primary way of extinguishing fire, and the second is by cooling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's pretty neat technology. Uh, it's been around for quite a while. I think it's really starting to pick up some steam in in uh, places because uh, you know commercially. Uh, produced clean agent gases or um, you know uh, chemical agents are really not as popular as they used to be. Um, And 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 it
0: it seems you know and I'm going to have some clean agent people on here soon and it seems like there's always something transitioning in and out. So it was Halon first then it was uh, FM200 now it's Novak so there's always some new chemical but water waters. You know, Water's water water. Water is water, and there is there is an application for clean agent. I'm not saying that, but um I think some of this historical these historical buildings, I think where where you can't have a clean agent because of volume and uh not volume, but just uh, it's a leaky system, so you don't have it. It's not fully tight. So, right. or it's just the cost. You know, cost of a, a clean agent system probably. Of course, and, you know.
1: A, a big thing too is the space. So you know, if you're if uh, you have a large volume that needs to be protected by some sort of clean agent, the space to put all of that agent I mean, is definitely a, it's definitely a consideration. So right. I I do think there are you know great applications for uh, for clean agents or chemical agents, um, but uh, I I see the market kind of. Uh, Kind of moving away from it from a lot of different you know a lot of different reasons. I think one of the biggest reasons is um, the amount of, of uh, acceptable agents has shrunk. Um, the types of you know what we used to see historically uh, types of spaces that were being protected. Um, you know a lot of uh, data centers and computer rooms. A lot of them. Uh, you know, a lot of the cloud computing uh, era has kind of eliminated some of this stuff. So, oh, yeah, Yep. Um, you know, we don't see as many uh, as many rooms that people are building to to house computer equipment, which would have normally been uh, something that we would have protected with some sort of clean agent. You know, uh, you bring that point up. I actually talked to my buddy who
0: works for uh, for one of the big uh, works for Cisco, actually. He brought up a fire. It kind of went under the radar, which I'm actually might post something about this, but Wells Fargo recently had a big data center fire that their online banking system went down for, for quite a, you know, I don't know if it was over a day, but their online banking system went down and I don't think it was caused from the fire. It actually was caused from you know, and I, I gotta do a little bit more research on this, but after the, the the halon or the chemical agent system went off, um some of the servers had issues keeping up and weren't able to function. So um very interesting. I'm gonna definitely dive into that a little more. I he told me about that on Friday. So I don't know if uh I don't know if the fire protection industry knows about that fire that happened a couple yeah, months
1: ago. I, yeah, that's the first I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. So um Anyway um, Yeah, it's got its application um, You know, I saw uh, I've seen some watermists. I was actually just down at a uh, a nice work trip In Bermuda Which is uh, always fun to do I feel terrible for you <laughs> um, But they're, they're using a lot of um, Vortex down there Because they have a lot of historical That's obviously an old island But they don't have water either Right. So explain a little bit You know, how you know, how much water the systems that you've designed, you know, how do they compare versus a sprinkler
1: system? Um, so, uh, I would say, you know, maybe a tenth of the water, maybe a fiftieth. It really depends on the type of system. So, like a Vortex system is uh, is considered like a dual fluid system. Yeah. It's actually a new uh, NFPA standard coming out for it. I believe That's it's 770. 70. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really a neat kind of a neat product. Um, you know, you don't have to really worry about any of the enclosure integrity. But, you know, that system, uh, the amount of water that you discharge is probably between 25 and 50 times less than what a standard sprinkler uh, system would would require to operate. Wow. Um, which, uh, you know, it's, it's significant in, in places where you're concerned about water damage or you don't have enough water to to meet uh you know a duration for that hazard sure sure yeah i i know now does the water have to be
0: you know i know we have the uh, water mist so in order to make that mist you need a very small orifice to push that out of whether you do that through a high pressure pump or whether you do that through a twin fluid with with nitrogen or compressed air or whatever you're doing Um, there's a few on there tyco's got one vortex Fike, does Fike have a dual or is there, or there's just uh is it pump? No, driven? they
1: just have a, uh, they have, I believe they have two water mist products. One of them is definitely, uh, you know, they have a package water mist product and then they have a pump, uh, a pump driven water mist product.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. But yeah, it's pushing that, pushing that water through that nozzle to get to those fine droplets. Now, does it, you know, depending on where you're at, does that water have to be, does it have to be like. Uh, distilled or is, how
1: does it purify it? Yes so there's you know every manufacturer is a little bit different um, if you have a, a sprinkler that has a, a K factor of that's uh, less than I believe it's less than uh, 4 point2 you actually it may be 2 point8 I'd have to double check uh, you have to have a strainer on the uh, on the actual sprinkler on the oh on the sprinkler. Um, okay on the actual sprinkler. Uh, but every manufacturer is a little bit different about what they require. I'd have to double check and see which ones uh, want distilled water, which ones don't. Um, you know, I that's obviously, a, you know, a concern. You know, part of the other thing, too, is the type of piping that um, is used to actually transmit the fluid or uh, that water. You know, obviously they're concerned about obstructions in that piping. So, um, you know, some... Some manufacturers will only let you use stainless. Uh, some right. manufacturers will let you use, a, you know, a combination of a couple different pipe materials. But, uh, you know, it. I think uh, something that's unique about water mist in general is that it's really manufacturer-based and performance design-based. It's, you know, much less, uh, stand, you know, I would say much less uh, generally standard-based.
0: Right, right. So there's a problem out there kind of like what you came across at St. Patrick's where they're like, Hey, we want fire protection. Uh, we don't want any water damage. We don't have, you know, we don't, we structurally can't put anything up there. We have the the ceiling, which is made of a plaster. So you had to come up with a performance based solution and that's where obviously water must fit in. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, no I want I definitely want to get you on here to to ch- to chat about that yeah, obviously there's going to be more coming out about that fire and what happens and hopefully and I, I I hate to see something happen like this to to push fire protection further but that I think that historical realm I mean there's you always hear about a fire of, of a museum um, <laughs> near and dear to to our arts the uh, national National Golf Links, uh golf club out in Long Island, had a fire, was it last year, the year before?
1: Uh, then, I believe it was last year, and they were doing roofing work, yeah. and that's, you know, when a lot of fires start, when yeah. people are doing hot work on roofs.
0: Right, and it was, their entire museum, I believe, was lost, or there was a lot of artifacts that were, I mean, that's one of the oldest courses in, in America, one of the founding courses in America. Um
1: and, there was also a, a fire in the National Museum of Art in Brazil that oh, wow. wiped out the entire museum. The entire so, museum. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I, I just don't understand some of the uh, the mentality behind that. It's you know, you know, even on the insurance side of things, you you would see that. You know, you think you, or you can't even insure that because it's priceless. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I would love to chat a bit more about with uh, a few other topics here in the future. Love to have you on. Is there anything, you know, Epco Peerless? I want to give you a little shout out to, to what you guys are doing over there. Is there anything uh, specific that you guys handle within fire protection or?
1: So um, we're a full service company. Uh, we've been in business this year uh, for 61 years. And, uh Wow we, we do all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, the majority of the work that we do is in commercial office space, but, uh, we've been involved in a lot of different kinds of projects, um, and evaluated a lot of different, you know, kinds of hazards. Um, it's really been, you know, a privilege to be a part of the company and, um, you know, kind of see, you know, I've, I've been involved with it for, uh, directly for 10 years, but, um, my grandfather started the company, so it's been something that's been in my life for my entire life. Yeah, so your it's, entire life. it's an interesting um, it's an interesting business to be in and um, you get to see you know interesting things uh, which I think is really a neat thing about construction in general that you get to you know be a part of building something which um, is I think is a neat feeling.
0: Yeah, it is. And it is. And it, it, even if it's the, the passive fire protection system that, that we're putting in, uh, you know, there is still passion there um, to see that everybody's protected, that the building's protected. And, you know, we don't have any issues like we had last week. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, let, let's chat again here soon. So there's the, the final thing we do. And uh, I haven't told you about this yet. We, 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 we call it the quick response round. Okay. So it's a little corny, uh, little round where essentially I asked you two questions and you got to pick one, one answer. And, uh, you only get one. It depends. Cause the first episode I had with Phil gunning on here, he said, it depends. I feel like every question. Cause he didn't want to, he didn't want to jump out. want to to commit anything. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, anyway, so we'll start it off. Um, would you rather go to a Notre Dame football game or a Yankees playoff game?
1: Uh, I would say I would say Yankee playoff game. Really? Only you... because uh, I've seen Notre Dame lose so many times that I, <laughs> you know, I feel like the Yankees are on the upswing here.
0: <laughs> they are. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, uh, I, I, I think I'm getting to a couple games this year, but um, oh, nice up in New England now, so I'm not the. The most liked person I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that <laughs> well I, I still get yes yes network so I'm good <laughs> good um hard pipe or flexible drops hard pipe hard pipe um I know that's a big thing especially in New York City lately because it's a uh there's a, there's a lot of stuff around that but um yeah I I, I definitely can 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 see that um Black steel. So in a dry pipe system, black steel or galvanized. Black. Black. All right. Why? Why? Uh, why do you say that?
1: Uh, it lasts a lot longer.
0: Just the corrosion corrosion effect. The
1: corrosion. Uh, it. You know, there's actually been a lot of studies done that corrosion is actually worse in galvanized than it is in black pipe. Yeah. In that, ex- in that application.
0: Yeah. Exterior wise, it's it's probably still galvanized, but black steel definitely on the inside. That's where you got to worry and yep. uh yeah i think i'm going to have a corrosion episode here at some point but that's uh, obviously that's a pretty hot topic I'm sure. um design build or consulting engineer
1: design build <laughs> and you came from the consulting engineer and i too. came from the consult. <laughs> and the reason i say that is because what we're seeing more of now is like a design assist uh you know i wouldn't say it's um, very prevalent, but you know, it, it seems like design engineers are are moving away from the nitty gritty um, coordination aspect of of uh, putting stuff together. And you know, ultimately, um, ultimately, uh, the the owner is you know, it, it's really up to what the owner wants to uh, to pay for. Right. Uh, I think there is value in. Um, in like a traditional design bid build process. I I think it really depends on the project. um, And it depends on the the types of contractors that you have involved on that project. So if, uh, you know, if you're doing white box office space, you probably don't need to get, um, you know, the, uh, what I would consider, uh, you know, the top of the line person involved in it because it's not very complicated. So, you know, maybe that makes more sense for a, for a design-bid-build project, but when you get into stuff that's real complicated, um, you know, I think there is value in going directly to design-assisted design-build. No, no, I agree. And
0: obviously the project that you guys worked with, that this podcast is about, that was that was performance-based design-build. But I've, I've worked on a lot of them myself, and the, the fire protection contractor that is involved is usually very um, uh, well-versed. And, and what they're working on. And a lot of times more than the, the consulting engineer. And, um, obviously they're making money off the project because they are installing it, but they have, they understand the the costs that go into it so that the owner doesn't, you know, overspend or over design. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple more, uh, title list or tailor-made Oh man.
1: Are we talking <laughs> balls or clubs?
0: Ah, all right. All right. Um I'm uh let's go with clubs because I know it's more and it's closer. I go
1: there. Taylor Taylor. Taylor made. Made. All right.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm a am going to tell man myself. Um well, I can't hit anything, so I guess it doesn't oh, really yeah. matter. yeah. Well, you'll be back. You'll be back yeah. this year. Um and speak speaking of back injuries, um what uh do you think Tiger well,
1: you think he'll do it? You think he'll beat Jack? I think he's got a long way to go. I think he's got a chance, but I think he's got a long way to go. Uh, are you, uh,
0: you heading out to Bethpage to to see the PGA?
1: But, uh, I might go see a round or two.
0: Yeah, I'll be there. Very I sure. think I'm, I'll be there a couple of the, couple of the days. So let's, uh... Hopefully, uh... I'll, I'll let you know. We'll uh, maybe see you out there. Yeah. But, uh... Hey, thanks for coming on and uh again, I wanted to you know it's a it's a hot topic right now with the the Notre Dame fire and I know you, you guys put a lot of great work into um uh, St Patrick's Cathedral and great project for you guys wanted to highlight some of the successes you saw there and how you've worked with the different authorities and the, and and getting that that project done so it's nice and safe.
1: Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, always always a pleasure to, to talk about that. Cool. Thanks, Pat.
0: No problem. This has been Episode 5 of the Fire Protection Podcast, powered by InspectPoint. I want to give a big thanks to Patrick Bowe of Abco Peerless. It's been a tough topic over the last week with the holidays and everything, with the Notre Dame fire, but you know sometimes it does take a tragedy to show that we actually can do some great fire protection out there with some of the different systems. Obviously, uh, APCO Perilous has done a great job with St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. Oliver done a great job down in Philadelphia with that cathedral as well. So want to point out the good parts out there that some, some places are protected, and we need to get some more of these historical places protected to ensure that we keep history alive. So, again, thanks for tuning in, and please subscribe, like the podcast. Again, a lot more coming, and see you next time. Thanks.